1: Welcome to The Career Confidant, and thank you for tuning in if you're tuning in live. This is Marie Ziminoff, your host of The Career Confidant, and you are probably here because you are thinking about making some kind of a move or wondering how you're going to plan for your own career advancement and that's exactly why we're here on the career confidant is to provide you with the skills and tools that you need to manage your own careers as you're probably seeing everywhere today that's now your task right and in our free agent economy you're in charge of your own career well how do you do that So each week I share my experience helping thousands of professionals advance their careers and I bring in some industry leaders to provide career intelligence to help you stay ahead of the curve. This week we are just so excited to have Wayne Mitchell and Wayne is a partner at Cabot Consultants and they do and Wayne does executive search. And you might think, well, what does that mean, right? And so Wayne will tell us more about that. But I was really excited when I heard Wayne talk, because he brings a perspective that we don't often get to hear very much in the careers industry, which is that of someone who's actually been in and done the leadership roles. He's been in technology, he's been in venture capital, and now he's in executive search. So he hasn't Just a different perspective, and I love the things that he's going to talk to us today about interviewing. So he's been at Corn Ferry International, at Christian & Tembers, and Hedrick & Struggles, and I'm probably saying all of these things wrong, but he'll correct me. And it's really about what he's done is help businesses, right? When you're in executive search, you help businesses, and they're your clients, find great talent. And so, Wayne, we're just so excited to have you here and to provide this perspective at, on interviewing.
2: I'm excited to be here, Marie, and uh, as I tell people, usually in these kinds of forums, I'm from the dark side.
1: <laughs> no, I think it's great. and. And just, you know, if, if I have listeners that are out there listening and want to call in, you're more than welcome to call in and ask Wayne or, or I a question. You can call in at 866-472-5790 or email me at marie, M-A-R-I-E, at a com because you're just going to want to ask Wayne some questions. So, Wayne, let's start off here with what do you see as some of the foundational things that a candidate should be considering when they're preparing for an interview? What, what's that basic foundation that they should be thinking about?
2: So, Marie, I usually think about it in terms of the four C's. Um, and the first C stands for CONNECT. And what uh, the best candidates in interviews are able to do is engage, listen, uh, and pace themselves in the conversation with a potential employer. Uh, the whole engagement idea and, and listening is really, really critical. Uh, but that also means that you have to be prepared to ask quality questions. When I'm interviewing somebody uh, I'm listening for more for qu- the questions they're asking than I am for the answers they're giving me to my questions. So connecting really says uh, I'm listening to you, I'm hearing what you have to say, and um, also connecting relative to what the particular position might be. Um, I think seeking clarity, that would be the second C. Um, what's the job that needs to be done, what are the deliverables that are needed by the company, uh, answering questions to clarify what not be, what might not be clear. I think one of the weaknesses I see in candidates a lot of times is that they are afraid to ask questions about deliverables. Um, and I think it would be really important, if I was sitting on the side of the desk that they are to understand what am I going to be measured on, what am I going to be judged on, um, what kind of criteria are going to be used to evaluate me. Um, one, of my, uh, one of my favorite things to ask a client, actually, when I'm in talking with them to try to put a position profile together is, if we're looking back 12 months from now, uh, a- after you've hired somebody, what is it that you will have expected that person to achieve? What are the five or six major goals or deliverables that you expect that they will have achieved? And I think that's a val- valid question for any candidate to ask, truthfully.
1: Yeah, so that's a great one.
2: It, it is. I mean, at, at the end of the day, um, what I'm talking to the clients about is that's the challenge. What are your challenges that you're trying to get a, a, accomplished here with this individual And that's what most individuals respond to as well, is what are the challenges for the job? That's what they really want to know. If you can ever get the the conversation to going to the third C, which is collaboration, um, you know, how you've done things in the past, You know, how i tackle the job with your company, those kinds of things. If you can ever get to the conversation uh, where it becomes a collaborative conversation, where you're now exchanging ideas and concepts and strategies, that you've hit a home run. Uh, I always try to get to that point with anybody that I'm interviewing, and I'm trying to do that by understanding what they know about the industry, what they see as trends, how would they see... Uh, my particular client, uh, fitting into those trends, what questions do they have about the company strategy. Um, but when you start collaborating, you're, you're exchanging ideas, and you're saying, okay, here's what I've done in the past, here's the kinds of things that have tended to work, uh, and you're talking now about um, what is it that the company's really trying to achieve. You're talking about what the... Uh, overall objectives are for the company and you're talking about strategies, goals, mission, vision those kinds of uh, uh, esoteric words that we always throw around uh, but collaboration really getting it to the point where it's no longer questions and answers per se it's throwing ideas at each other and you're now having a dialogue and you're talking about the problem you're trying to solve for the company so if the company brought up a particular problem Uh, trying to engage them in a dialogue around that problem that is an exchange of ideas can be incredibly valuable. I think that's a great way to know that you're hitting a home run in the interview. I I talk to a lot of people when they leave the interview, and they always tell me, well, I think I did really well. Well, tell me, did you reach the collaboration stage? Were you collaborating with a client, or was it just uh, back and forth? You ask questions, they ask questions, et cetera, et cetera. And when I know they've hit, a, hit the collaboration stage, I usually get good feedback from the client. Okay. Now, you're not always going to be spot on with the things you're, you're proposing as your ideas, but don't be afraid to share ideas at the end of yeah. the day. I mean, be bold.
1: Yeah, and um, I think that's something that's hard for people, right? They, they leave the interview and they think, oh, I gave them all my ideas, and that may not necessarily be a bad thing thing, and it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to steal all of those ideas and use them, right? It, it, right? I think you're saying there's probably more benefit there than, than harm. That, that's, that's really what I am
2: saying. It, it, it is much more beneficial to be talking of, if you can get to the idea stage where you're talking about ideas, where you're sharing ideas, where you're not afraid to share ideas, you, what are you demonstrating there? You're demonstrating that I've got a lot of confidence in myself. I've got a lot of confidence that I can help you solve your problems. I may not solve the problems the same way I've solved them in the past, but if we can talk through the solutions, if we can talk through what you want solved and come up with some ideas together, that's really what it's all about. That's the kind of place I'd want to work.
1: Yeah, good, good. And one more C, I think yeah, we've had three. Yeah, one more C is close.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've, you've got to wrap up. Any conversation in an interview, any interview with, uh, well, what are the three key selling features and benefits of you against this particular position? And it's got to be done with confidence. It's got to also convey a strong desire for the job, Um, not begging for the job, but demonstrating that, hey, I've got, not only do I have the skill set, but I've got the confidence I've got the abilities. I've got the, the uh, history. And I'm, more importantly for you, Mr. Employer, I've got the desire to do this job. I've got the desire to make a difference in your organization. I've done it before, and I know I can do it again. Um, so uh, it's just to kind of summarize, connecting, clarifying, collaborating, and closing, those are the four Cs as I see it, uh, so to speak. <laughs>
1: Okay, good, good. And, you know, I like that we're talking about, I like the order, because a lot of times I hear people talking about interviews, and, and really the close is their focus, and although it's important, it comes at the end, right? And when we start right. the interview off worried about closing versus engaging and, and clarifying and collaborating, they, most of the time, it doesn't go well, right? When you have a client who's only worried about closing, just like a salesperson who's only worried about closing, it just doesn't go that well.
2: Well, that's exactly right, and and in all for all practical purposes, Marie, you're closing throughout the entire interview. And, yes, and and, and 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 I think uh, you know uh, one of the questions you asked me was how are the first, second, and third interviews different? Well. Uh, in, in many ways, the first interview, you might not always get to have as collaborative a conversation as you would like in the first interview, but the goal of the first interview is to get the second one. Yeah. The goal of the second one is to get the third one, which I presume in most cases, the way I see things play out, the first one is most, most clients, at least that I work with, are trying to get, uh, understand who the individual is on the other side of the table. They're trying to understand something about their skills, trying to understand whether or not they could do this job um, and what kind of homework have they done on our company, what kind of problems do they know we have that we need to try to solve. Uh, And then, you know, obviously this close, I've talked about the, the selling features and the benefits. But the second interview Uh, I've seen this trend uh, happening especially in the executive ranks uh, with a second interview where many clients now are giving an executive a problem and saying we want you to come back and make a presentation to our executive team Um, and we kind of developed this approach several years ago with a client in North Carolina and what we encouraged them to do was to uh, have it, give them a real problem, something that they're really going to be dealing with in the um, role that they're moving into. Have them come in and give a formal presentation with as much information as they've gathered from the first round of interviews, which the first round of interviews in this company was like eight different people. So gather wow. the information, put it together in a presentation, and come in and be ready to uh, engage in a dialogue with everybody around the table. Uh, What it was able to do was give the company the opportunity to see how does this individual interface in a, a group setting, how do they think on their feet, because there's going to be questions fired at them over and over again from the floor, and also it then gives everybody the opportunity to see what level of confidence the candidate has to do the job and whether or not... Uh, he can convince, he or she can convince everybody around the table that they are the right person.
1: Now, at the end
2: of the day, it was the CEO's responsibility to make the hire, but this particular CEO was very collaborative and he wanted to get input from his team.
1: Okay, well, we'll come back to that and we'll talk a little bit more about the second and third interview when we get back. We're going to take a short break, but don't go anywhere because I'm sure you're going to want to hear the rest of the insights that Wayne has to provide on the employer side of interviews. So we'll be right back on The Career Confidant.
0: That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
3: The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network.
0: You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a com. Now, back to The Career Confidant.
1: Welcome back to The Career Confidant. This is your host, Marie Zimanoff, and today we are welcoming Wayne Mitchell from Cabot Consulting, and he is talking about the employer side of interviews. So what Wayne does is he works with companies who he'll call his clients, if that's confusing to you. The clients are his companies because that's what executive search firms do, as we talked a little bit about last week. But he is company clients, and he's interviewing for them. And so, in essence, he's the employer, right? He is telling us some of his keys for you to remember if you're going into an interview. And we've been talking about the difference kind of between a first interview and a second, and that first one really being understanding you and your skills, some what's your ability, what's your knowledge of the company. And then that second interview, and Wayne was describing a very kind of specific presentation type of second interview, which happens in a lot of industries. But I would say the general idea I was getting, Wayne, is that that second interview is really about how you work and and how you interact with people. And they may ask more um, behavioral-type questions in that second interview or, as you're saying, have you do some kind of a presentation.
2: Right. Uh, And it really, the the second interviews that I've seen – they're mostly about how do you think? Okay, good. Okay, it's it's you know, can you can your critical thinking skills? Uh, that's what they're probing. They've gotten most of the preliminary stuff out in the first interview, and they're trying to confirm in the second interview uh, whether what they felt in the first interview is accurate.
1: Okay, exactly. That, that, yeah, and the behavioral questions help them do that, or the, right. a presentation. And in the academic realm, they do that presentation bit quite a bit. Um, so it's interesting that now it seems to be coming into the corporate world as well.
2: Yeah, and and, and it's, it's tough when somebody is uh, considering a job and, or a new position. They've got an active position that they already have, and we're asking them to put a presentation together, to come in and take a day of their time to meet with a company to convince them that they're the right individual. And almost always there is a third interview. The third interview, however, usually focuses more on, uh, okay, now that we've gotten past that and we think we're definitely interested in you, uh, what additional questions do you have about us? What points can we clarify about the company? Oh, by the way, we want to make you an offer. It might involve the offer negotiation that might have been submitted previously um, that that's how I see the first, second, and third interviews kind of breaking down, if you will
1: okay, okay, so let's talk about one of the biggest uh stumper of questions, no matter. Where you are, what type of job you're interviewing for? They always ask some form of "Tell me about yourself." Tell us a little bit about how you suggest a candidate approach that "Tell me about yourself" question.
2: I suggest, uh, and and I I I love this question personally. Uh, if somebody were to ask me the question. Um, I think you should share something about what you're known for. I think you should share something about your work history. I think you should share something about your personal life. And I think you should share something about your goals and objectives. And that's what I think should be in, a two, in, a, in an answer, in a tell-me-about-yourself, and it shouldn't last any longer than two minutes. If it goes over two minutes, you're dead. <laughs>
1: yeah, people I mean, aren't listening anymore, right?
2: <laughs> you're not, yeah, you're not, and, and you need to be looking at the other individual in the eye the whole time you're, you're talking. Uh, the whole passion and sincerity that you have for life needs to come out, but also for just uh, the work that you've done, the career that you've had, all of that needs to come out. You need to demonstrate your pride a little bit. Um and, and so, uh, I always love to see somebody mix a little bit of humor in there. Uh, for instance, when I do my two-minute pitch, I always tell people that I crammed four years of education into five years. Uh, that usually gets a little bit of a chuckle, but at least they know I have a sense of humor.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and I think that's important in most situations today. Uh,
1: yeah. But.
2: Most companies too are looking for values today. They're really they're really strong and focused on the values that somebody brings. But I'm not a big advocate on of somebody sitting there and saying, you know, well, look, these are my values: one, two, three, four. You know, honesty, integrity. So save that for answering questions and proving it in some of the examples that you give of problems you solved. You don't have to cover that in the two minute. Tell me about yourself.
1: Yeah, because yeah, it always kind of sounds, it's just what I say when I tell people about strengths, right? It's nice right. to have a list, but everybody's going to have a list, and they have very similar lists, so some kind of story or way to prove those strengths or values goes a lot further.
2: Yeah, and again, you know, what are you known for? What is your reputation but not a trite answer, not, not trite words here. We're talking about something you, you've really genuinely asked other people, you sought their input, people that you worked with, people that you worked for, people who've worked for you. you know, you've really asked them, what am I known for in our, in our company? What do you yeah. think I'm known for in our company? I mean, having a handle on that I think is invaluable for anybody, and you can really use it effectively in a question like this.
1: Yeah, well, and it kind of goes along with um, last week we had Jared Reddick on on the line and he used to also work with executive for retained search firms. And he was talking a little bit about, you know, to stand out today and to be called upon by someone like him or what he used to do. That idea of kind of being a subject matter expert and really knowing and developing and and some way getting visible in that area of expertise and if you're doing that already then this answer becomes really easy right it's yeah it's all it's all in that same line it's all on the same page
2: really this is not a hard question if you've got your act together
1: <laughs> you don't
2: have your act <laughs> together it's a hard question yeah uh, I mean, I, Matter of fact, I teach a class on Monday nights, and the subject tonight is going to be one of those things, tell me about yourself. It's going to be, how do you answer this question? And, uh, so we, you know, we'll start out asking people to tell us about themselves without having any guidelines. And then once we give them some guidelines, it becomes a lot easier. But again, as I, as I outlined earlier, you know, there's four or five bullets you want to make sure that you cover. Yeah. Uh, well, and, um, it, it's, it, it's just, critical that you be natural about it, that it not be scripted, that it not be memorized, that it that it just flow from who you are.
1: Yeah, good, good. And having having some structure to it is good, because otherwise people tend to go way off of what the employer is looking for. So I like that structure, what you're known for, some of the things about your work history, although not a narrative, right? Just right. some highlights. Right. Not a
2: narrative, but maybe a key accomplishment or two would be and then pers-
1: personal life same thing something that is you right. genuine but not you know I'm getting divorced and and those right. types of things that can get us into trouble Take and then the, high the road. yeah and then <laughs> the goals and objectives and I always like to work into that one why you want to work there in some way that the the question that answer should give me some insight into why you're here, right? It shouldn't be a total disconnect from the position right. and or company that you're interviewing at.
2: That's that's right. And if, if you if you handle the tell me about yourself correctly, then you're probably ending with a question yourself. Which mm. is about, you know, Something along the lines of, well, you know, uh, especially if you're talking about the uh, about why I think I'm a fit at this company, you know, probing the accuracy of your your thoughts about that. I mean, I've done my homework. This looks like this. What this company stands for. But tell me what your observations are.
1: Yeah. Good. Good. So we have a few minutes here before we go to break. So let's start. I want to dig in here. This was one of the most unique things I've heard. I mean, we've talked about behavioral interviewing on this uh, this show. We've talked about all of these things. But when I took the session that you gave and you talked about connecting the dots and communication that connected the dots, it was one of those obvious things that you never think about, right? And so just give me kind of a brief introduction here before we go to break about what you mean by communication that connects the dots in that interview.
2: Okay, so uh, what I mean there is that essentially the employer's got some things on their mind that they're looking for in this position, And you have to almost be a sleuth and figure out from the position profile that you've been given, from the conversations that you've had with people, et cetera, et cetera, what are the dots, what are the boxes they're trying to check for this particular position? So you have to anticipate what is it that they're looking for so that I can represent if I've got these skills, abilities, I solve these kinds of problems, whatever, that I can connect the dots with them and um, make sure that it, 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 it is resonating with them. Now, you know, we might want to talk a little, I don't know how close we are to the break, but um, we can get into more specifics, Marie.
1: So this was different for me because I think that when we go into an interview, oftentimes we're very focused on what we've done. And, just like i would i would talk about in a resume the resume is not really about what you've done it's what you've done that speaks to the hiring manager employer job description pains right and we kind That's of right, talk about point. that in an, yeah we talk about that in an interview but not as clearly as you've done it when you're talking about connecting the dots in terms of really being crystal clear. And, uh, you know, Deb Deb Dib would say, you know, hit them in the head with it or whatever that phrase is that you're really coming clear with this is what I've done. And and that connects to what they're doing in a very, very specific way. So we'll, we're going to take our break now and we'll come back in just a few minutes and we're going to dig in here to how you as a, a candidate can connect the dots in your next interview, because I really do think this is a differentiating idea. So we'll take a break and we'll be back in just a few minutes.
3: Always talking business, talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
0: You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Ziminoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Joke All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866- 472-5790. That's 1-866- 472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a com. Now, back to The Career Confidant.
1: Well, welcome back to The Career Confidant and we are... Just going a mile a minute here, talking to Wayne Mitchell about interviewing and the employer's perspective of that. So we've talked a little bit about first, second, third interviews and the basis of your foundation for your interview, what you want to be thinking about. We just got done talking about tell me about yourself and, and Wayne's great advice around that being the four four things you want to touch on what you're known for right what's that brand what's your su- subject matter expertise work history highlights not a narrative something about your personal life i like to you know think of that as something that might be even relevant to the business or or something that's differentiating, interesting about you, not that you're getting divorced or any of those things, and then some kind of goals or objectives, why you want to work there. So then we've moved into this idea around communication that connects the dots. And Wayne is going to tell us an example here so that you can get a feeling for what he means by communicating to connect the dots in the interview. Yeah, so
2: this is actually a coaching situation that I had, uh, but I think it conveys the message really clearly, uh, and we'll use Ruth as the as the, the woman's name. She had been the first person in her company promoted to uh, become a production leader. Uh, it was a big company, um, and I don't remember how I got involved in coaching her, but I do remember one of the exercises we went through was to have her go back and talk to her superiors, subordinates, et cetera, that I had mentioned earlier. And when she sat down with one of her superiors, one of her superiors said, Irene or Grooth, you won't remember this um, event, but I specifically sat you next to our boss at a dinner one time, and he asked you what your hobby was. And you said quilting. And he told me afterwards, he said, she, what's she going to do with quilting? How's she, how is that helping us in the company? Like her hobby should be helping. Well, this is the way employers think. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. It is the yeah, way employers yeah. think. I said, Irene, you, all you needed to do was wait, make one statement. And, and I said, um, why didn't you tell him that you learned so much from quilting about how, man, how, part, how things are manufactured? how it was enhancing your ability to see what was happening on the manufacturing floor, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, would that have been lying? And she said, absolutely not. There's a place where the dots could have been connected. He walked away thinking that she had no real future in their company, and she really did have a real future, and she got a job where she's actually spreading her wings now, and utilizing every bit of her skills and abilities that she always had, but she didn't realize that she needed to represent them more effectively. That's connecting the dots. That's really making it clear to a potential employer that, hey, I have the skills that you need. Here's how they fit. It's like putting a jigsaw puzzle together. I have the pieces that fit this jigsaw puzzle and you, but you got the employer doesn't know that they need to hear that from you. They need to understand how you would connect the dots between their requirements and what you offer. It's always your responsibility, not the employers, to make that connection.
1: Yeah, and that kind of gets at one of my pet peeves when t- people talk about transferable skills and at my blood just boils and it's like fingers on a chalkboard because skills just don't magically transfer, right? What you're talking about is very much an active process that's the responsibility of the job seeker to translate those skills or make it evident how they transfer. It's not this kind of mystical thing that just happens, right?
2: That's that's right. and And again, it is all about connections. It's all about connecting the dots for the employer so that they can clearly see that there's a match. And and it's your responsibility as a candidate to do that. It's not the employer's responsibility to necessarily get that out of you.
1: Yeah. And so we talk a lot about stories in the interview, and you know, I'd love for you to share your kind of perspective on stories in the interview, but then tell us a little bit about the add-on or extras that sure. that you talk about when you talk about stories to do that connecting?
2: Okay, so uh, it's embarrassing to me when I sit down with somebody and I ask them, what's the most significant accomplishment you've ever had, and somebody can't tell me. Or if they tell me what the accomplishment is, they can't walk me through what they did first, what did you do next, what did you do next, what were the results, You know, what problem did you solve? What were the actions you took? What were the results that were achieved? Um, And this happens over and over and over again. But if you really, I'm looking for career progression. When I interview people, that's one of the things that I look for. Uh, Whether it is somebody who's in an individual contributor role, somebody who's been in a leadership role, whatever the case may be, I'm looking for career progression. Where did they start? Where did they go next? Where did they go next? What are they doing now? Okay? Yeah. So, uh, a good way to do that, especially using stories, is if you tell a story, what did you learn from the story? What did I learn from this experience that I just shared with you, and how did I apply it in another situation? That's growth. That's... uh, Demonstrating that I learn from what I do, I apply it other places, and that's what employers get, they get so excited about with candidates. If they can find somebody who really can do that, now you're really connecting some dots. Because I believe that one of the things employers are looking for is how are you going to keep uh, growing throughout your career, and if you're demonstrating right there in front of them, that you're doing that because of the accomplishments that you've had and what that's led to in terms of learning and how that learning applied to achieving the next accomplishment. Now you're really on to something. I think that can distinguish one candidate put one candidate far ahead of anybody else. Yeah. And how you tell the story and how you could how you um, uh, put together the application in the next uh, for the next accomplishment. How you do all that is how your passion comes out. And that's what I mean by lap, learn, apply, passion. And so the passion coming out when you're telling the story, the enthusiasm that you feel for what you accomplished and how you applied it in the next opportunity, that is unbeatable. Those are the kinds of people that my clients usually want to be hiring and talking to.
1: Yeah, so and I just I love that because when we talk about the stories, a lot of times it's it's one kind of instance, and you're telling the problem, action, result, as you said, and that's good, right? That's much better than not having a story at all. But you're talking about taking it to the next level, which is I think what makes people stand out, right? It's that constant push, and and we're all being challenged to not just be better but to continually improve even on better and and this idea of talking about what you learned and how you applied it in another situation although I think you've got to be a little careful for that not to get too lengthy right so it's you do you've got to be a good storyteller
2: you you have to be a good storyteller so you have to tell the story in a minute or a minute and a half and would and then you say would you like to know what I learned from that I mean, nobody wants, to, nobody wants to say no. Well, let yeah. me tell you what I learned and how I applied it in another situation. Now you have built some rapport, you're connecting some dots, and it doesn't sound like it's a three-minute long story. It sounds like it's two one-and-a-half-minute long stories. And that's awesome. so much more effective than uh, laboring the point on one story that's just self-contained. Mm-hmm. this means that the whole the, the 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 whole fluidity from one problem to the next problem to the next problem there's a fluidness to it it flows
1: and that also creates that interest and as you're saying that interaction and it also like the passion part right i think there's and i work a lot with engineers and they hear that word passion and they go ah right we passion feelings no but it's all about enthusiasm if you like that word better and that you are into what you do and that makes you stand out it makes you memorable because especially for those of us and I'll include myself in here who are introverts it a lot of times that can be a hard thing to demonstrate right when you're not an outgoing personality demonstrating that enthusiasm can be difficult But when you start talking about things that you've done that you're excited about and you know the story, right, you've practiced that story in some way so that you know it, then it's much easier to demonstrate that passion and and being interesting when you've got those things down.
2: Well, I'll tell you, if if a candidate does not tell me what they learned from a problem, solving a problem, I ask it. And it's amazing how many can't answer that question, which is just... A, a crying shame, it really is, so why not anticipate it? make it a positive, and demonstrate career growth, demonstrate that you're a person who likes to learn and grow that's that puts you ahead of everybody. It really does, especially if you can do it with passion,
1: yeah, well, and I think that that's one of the big trends that spurred this show, right? This, this ex- expectation of the workforce that we are all learning on our own and constantly improving on our own and that the company's not going to do it anymore. And companies do expect that. And like you said, why not demonstrate it right there in the interview that you can, that you can do that and that you do it on your own and, and don't need somebody else to do it for you.
2: Right. So Be a self-starter.
1: Yeah, And demonstrate that in a different way than just saying
2: it, right? (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah, it's easy to say you're a self-starter, but you need to demonstrate that you are. You need to demonstrate uh, that you're a person who's going to learn the rest of your life because that's what we're all going to have to do that. Think about how many changes people make in their careers and uh, just think about how many new phones you've had in the last 10 years. (laughs) You're always learning something new. Yeah. it's pretty exciting.
1: Well, and that'll help with some of the, you know, I work with a lot of people who are feeling some age discrimination, and I think that this is one way, you know, lots of people say, I, I learn quickly, I like to learn, you know, whatever that might be, and especially when you get that age thing going against you, this is a great way to combat that, too, just to show that you are learning, you learn from your mistakes, and you're not afraid to admit that you've made a mistake or that you... You know, admit that you had something new to learn, which is often some of the underlying stuff that gets in the way when we're talking about age, right? Right,
2: right, right. Well, a- again, I think you've hit on something that could be a real key for someone who feels like they're being discriminated at age against, against in the marketplace because of their age. Uh, you know. Demonstrate that you're continuing to learn. Get, demonstrate that you still have passion. Demonstrate that you still have accomplishments in your life that they that they feed off of each other. Uh, I think it can make a huge difference.
1: Yeah. So Wayne, I just want to thank you again for coming onto the show today and sharing your expertise. I know that I put your LinkedIn profile link on the. Show website, so if, if people are wanting to get in touch with you, they can, go to, they can go to your LinkedIn profile via that link on your bio on the Career okay. Confidant website. Are there any other ways that, that people could get a hold of you, or is that the best way?
2: That's the, that's the best way to get in touch with me because I have a pretty strong filter on my emails, so LinkedIn doesn't get filtered. I get every one of those, uh, and and so I would say LinkedIn is absolutely the most expedient way to get to me, and if somebody wants to connect with me on LinkedIn, give me a reason why we should be connected. If you go look at my LinkedIn profile, that's the only thing that I ask if somebody's trying to connect with me. Give me a reason why we should be. Yes. And, uh, so um, that's it.
1: All right. Well, thank you again, Wayne. And, um, you know, thank you so much for sharing your expertise. Now, don't go away, listeners, because we'll be right back on the Career Confidant. And we're going to tie a bow here around all the great in- insights that Wayne provided so that you can use those in your next interview. So, we'll be right back on the Career Confidant.
0: Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. It's a sad fact that fraud is rampant in today's business environment. The headlines scream about once prestigious organizations falling victim to or crumbling due to the consequences of fraud. How do you keep fraud from affecting you and your business? Tune in to Fraud Talk with host Chris Marquet. Chris has over 30 years of fraud investigation experience, business intelligence, and is a renowned security consultant. Chris and his guests will inform you and help keep you from being the next statistic of fraud. Tune in Mondays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
3: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
0: are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant.
1: Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And we have been talking Today, with Wayne Mitchell, an executive search consultant, and wow, I just love the information that he shares It feel like he brings a different flavor than you may have heard, although some of the same basic concepts right know your stories, tell your stories, but then thinking about ways that you can add on to them to do what he talks about in terms of connecting the dots, and this connecting the dots idea really goes all the way through on your job search right it's it's when you're starting to think about your job search in the very beginning who are you trying to hit right why are you trying to connect to and what skills are they going to care about right that's that transferable skills piece but then how are you going to demonstrate not just say but demonstrate that you've got those skills, that you've used them to solve problems, and that you've delivered value. It's that whole package of value that we're talking about with the skills. You know, unless you're very entry level, just coming out of college, and even then, I promise you, because I've worked with lots of you, that, that you have problems that you've solved Right, that's what your whole schooling was built around, problems that you've solved that demonstrate the skill sets that the companies you're applying to want to see. And that's what goes in all of your materials. Right, It starts with the resume, moves into the interview, and then it's that tack-on piece of really speaking to that employer and knowing what their problems are and giving them s- stories that make sense, stories that connect the dots for you and then this idea of taking that a step further and if you have watched anything going on in in the business world you know you understand that it's better faster faster better it's it's all about continuous improvement if that's what you want to call it but it's really all about that that being good isn't good enough anymore that it's all about how are you going to be better and that's what I love about his idea. This idea of telling people what you learned. Well, I, I love the asking for permission first, right? Telling them the story that that fits what they've asked about, and then asking them, you know, would you like to know what I learned from that? Just love that, Wayne. Would you like to know what I learned from that? And and then you're telling them another story about what you learned and how you applied it in another in another situation. I think that, that today sometimes, depending on where we're at in our career, we tend to lack that confidence, right? I just got done teaching a class with some individuals who've done some great things, right? You have a, a lifetime's worth, whether that's 5, 10, 15 years of, of experience, you have experience and you're not, valid, you're not validating it for yourself, right? You, that confidence, that pride in what you've done that ability to talk about what you've done, and then to be able to kind of balance that confidence with the ability to say, and here's what I've learned, and here's how I've applied it, that I I don't know everything, and I know I don't know everything, so when I learn something new, you know, I hold on to that, and I, I use it, and and I agree with Wayne, that's something that very few people are doing. It's something very few people in the career industry are even talking about. So if you're looking for a way to stand out, there it is, right? If you're looking for a way to sound different in that interview, there it is. Of course, you got the stories and you're telling the stories, and that makes you sound better and, and different than a lot of people who are interviewing who are struggling with just that concept, but if you've got that down and you still feel like you're not winning the interviews that you should be winning, take it to that next level and really connecting the dots between what they're looking for what their problems are and what you've done, and then demonstrating that ability to learn and apply and demonstrating your your passion not just for what you've done but for for solving the problems and your your interest in doing what that company wants you to do. And that, that piece of the passion also boils down to having good questions. That was one of the things that, that we talked about a lot at the beginning, right? That the first thing that you're looking to do in that interview is connect and engage. And without questions, without good quality questions, you're not, connecting you're not engaging you're just all about you you're just there for you and that's just not going to work especially in today's market companies are looking for people who share their values as wayne said they're looking for people who can deliver for them and to be able to deliver for them you got to know them Right, to be able to deliver for them, you got to know why you're there. And all of those things mean that you're going to have to ask good questions in that interview. He gave a great question. right? Looking back 12 months, if I were to take this position, what would you have expected for me to achieve? What are five to six things? And five to six may, may be a bit much If if you feel like that's a bit much for you. Or you don't want to put a company on the spot that much, but they should be able to answer it. Just looking back 12 months, what would they expect you to have achieved, to have delivered? It's a great question. And it gives you ammunition for that second interview, right? That second interview when you're really getting into how you work, how you think, how you solve problems. And, And that interview, getting to one of the things that Wayne talked about in that collaboration and not being afraid to share your ideas and being confident enough to share those ideas but not so stuck on yourself that you think your ideas are going to win the company their next billion dollars right there's a fine balance there they might be asking for your ideas for a different reason and and when we're in that situation and we're sharing our ideas it's got to be collaborative right it can't be a, I'm going to tell you how to do it, that, that kind of bordering on, on that other side of confidence, right? You're being collaborative. And if you're being collaborative in that demonstration, it should go over well. So just one story here to close. I was had a friend who was interviewing for a position, higher up position in an organization in sales. And the committee had three candidates come in. And they had told no, they hadn't told the candidates any particular thing, but one of the candidates came in and had a 60, 90, 180-day plan. This is what they would do. These are who they would talk to. This is what they would find out. My friend was blown away, right? Awesome. This person's going to be home run. Let's hire him. Everybody else on the interview committee was hesitant. Oh, they were, you know, they they were overbearing, they thought they knew everything, they were a know-it-all, the presentation of that plan must not have been collaborative. And that's the difference, right? To take that initiative, to be able to and willing to share your ideas, but focusing on that collaboration so that you know that when you're in that work, the person feels like you would collaborate with them, and that's the end goal right? So I hope you've learned a lot today from Wayne. Go to the, the Voice America site and the Career Confidant show page. You've got Wayne's LinkedIn address if you want to connect with him. And of course, you can always connect with me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at A Strategic com. And we'll see you right back here next week on The Career Confidant.